for Christmas is green. Nice. The light. Way to use the space. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. There's like a really good video of my sister singing that song in Rome, uh, not sober. And uh, it's like a, like a, a family legend um, of a moment. Uh, Welcome to the MCAST. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with Ben Bateman. Uh, this is the YouTube video version. If you're the podcast listener, I'm sorry you've listened to us introduce so many times we're trying this out. Uh, but today we are counting down top five favorite green cards and what we like about green. This is all about green and why we like the color, what what we're, what what we like that it does, uh, and, and what some of our favorite cards in the color do. Um, we've uh, just counted down the other four uh, colors. Uh, you can check out videos on YouTube if you are watching this in the YouTube version, if you wanna see what we thought on those. Um, we'd love to see what your favorite color is. Please comment below, like, and subscribe. And then also, um, for podcast listeners, thanks for sticking through this whole thing. Uh, to get started, because we were running a little late and I wanna get through this, um, my, Number five top green card is, and there's going to be a theme today, uh, Lotus Cobra. Uh, oh, sick. Sick. It just makes playing lands better. <laughs> uh, I don't like having them in play. You feel extremely powerful. It combos with the other cards that I have on this list that are all very powerful, which I really love. Like fetch lands or something that just are so obsessively a part of modern and a part of my life. As a magic player, the being able to take advantage of them with Lotus Cobra is so cool. I'm glad it's back in standard. It, like, obviously, it was too powerful with Omnath, but I think that was based on the fact that it's no longer that Omnath's fault. Um, I just think, like, the card is so cool. It's like, when I started magic, it was the, again, as an adult, it was the first, like, oh, oh, you opened this card? That card's insane, like, card that people are so hyped on. I remember someone literally dropping from a draft because they opened up a Lotus Cobra and a foil Lotus Cobra in the same pack on, like, opening weekend they're like i'm sorry this is 80 bucks i'm not passing one of these sorry i'm out um and like yeah. it was kind of scummy I, <laughs> I remember the day that i opened my like i won like an event or something like that i like got like 12 packs of iconic masters i think i think it was iconic masters that's, that's the one they reprinted lotus cobra and i opened a foil lotus cobra in one of my packs and i remember being like <gasps> i was like and the guy was like, yeah, I'll give you like $4 for it. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh like so sad. <laughs> because I had the memory of like Zendikar just being like, oh my God. Um, it, but it I think it got like, downgraded to rare. Yeah, it got downgraded to rare in Zendikar. Uh, it it, it yeah. like apparently like was a big contention within Wizards of the Coast office when it was printed. And it's rarity because it was like Mythic Rare. It was the fourth set with Mythic Rare ever, maybe the fifth set. And so like up to that point, Mythic Rare was meant to be like your iconics, your angels, your dragons, your planeswalkers, the big splashy spells, everything cut like the thing that Timmy would like, something that's big and flashy. But Wizards wanted to start seeding in some tournament staples. And so Lotus Cobra was like the first, like nothing about this card is mythic other than the fact that it, they put the word Lotus on, on it. So it was kind of that first foray into that um but i I've, even though it turned out to totally be mythic yeah, it's really yeah. Good. Well, well, well from their perspective like power level shouldn't be what mythic is right it should be flavor yeah. only at that point is what kind of they told people because they didn't want people to feel like this is what it ended up being which is like power level will affect its mythic status um low scrub is dope though i love that card uh yeah top five right. favorite yeah Always loved it. Uh, number five for me on this list is going to be Fauna Shaman. One green, mm. one colorless. It is a 2-2 elf shaman. It has the ability of green. Tap, discard a creature. Search your library for a creature card. Put it into your hand. It is not the activated only sorcery speed ability of this. It's the instant speed ability. Uh, I played this card at length in 
superior burning cocoa for a couple years. I just think it's a sweet card. I think it's it's the survival of, a, of the fittest on a stick. It's just great. It's really well costed. The fact that it's an elf is really fun. It's not too powerful, but it makes it makes. There are so many creature decks that you can build that this card slots nicely into and makes better. Um, especially to the types of decks where you're trying to chain together odd creatures to have like one really specific effect, whether that's like a combo deck or if it's a deck like you know Superior deck where you want to find clever ways to get like a powerful creature into play that's a little harder, you know, Scab Ruinator, things like that. Um, so I love this card. I know you like this card too. Uh, Fauna Shaman's an all-timer for me. Uh, yeah, I love Fauna Shaman. I love it a great, great deal. It's fallen a little bit out of favor because it's such a murder on sight card. And then I like have a bad habit in the graveyard decks. I've noticed of not playing enough creatures for Fauna Shaman to really be at its best because um, so many other spells want to be graveyard interactive. So I've like often had like Fauna Shaman in play and the only creature in my hand is one that I want to cast. And then I'll like cast it be like, I'll draw one and then I'll never draw one. And then Fauna Shaman will die. Um, this is a card I would love to see in standard. Actually, I would love to see the seed standard reprint to like, I think because in modern, it's always been slow, but in standard, it's a place that like it, it, it shined really well. And I don't think it's too powerful there. So I think that would be pretty cool. Um, Agreed. I would agree. My next card is Ramanop Excavator. This is ah, a land, another land centric card. Do I see a theme here? Uh, it's also a snake or it's a Naga, which is basically a snake person. Okay. <laughs> Every card on my list is going to be a snake and get you lands. That's not true, but actually not impossible because you could also put uh, <laughs> the two green, the uh, Steve or whatever. Um, but this is a two, three for three uh, lets you play lands from your graveyard. It's it's Crucible Worlds, but on a creature. It was like the second Crucible Worlds. To me, it kind of is also one of the beginnings of the heralding of like red, green lands matter coming back to standard and them realizing that people like stuff like this effect. Um, playing lands in my graveyard is one of my favorite things to do. You get fetch lands back. You get cool lands that you can sacrifice for value, like draw cards back. You get cycle lands back. You get just like wasteland back if you want to be uh an, 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 uh, a, a mean person which generally i do uh i'm here for this card i'm here for it at all at all times <laughs> there's like a really interesting shell you can play i have a deck built in highlander that does this it's it's uh jund and it is playing crucible it's playing this it's playing strip mine and wasteland and it's playing recursive things and the way it kind of all works together is such you know life from the loam obviously it's very hard to self-mill, to get things destroyed and not find your way to get this lock or this loop going. And this card being printed was a really important piece of that because there being a creature that you could get back from your graveyard um, that did this was a really, really essential piece. And I think it, I agree, it pushed it pushed those things. The black recursion to get this out of your graveyard is, is very good. And um, yeah, this card's really good. Yeah, I, um, I, wait, wait, I have one more thing. The, the thing that in Commander that I take advantage of it the most with, which is similar to that kind of engine, I think I even have this engine in my Highlander rug, lands deck, whatever, is um, Thawing Glaciers, not Thawing Glaciers. No, Glacial Chasm. Glacial, glacial Chasm in this, which is like basically a hard lock. If you have this, something that lets you play an extra land every turn and Glacial Chasm, you like have prevented all damage that would ever be dealt to you, uh, which is really powerful. And uh, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, now go ahead. <laughs> My number four is Thrun the Last Troll. Really? Green, green, Spicy. two legendary creature, Troll Shaman. It's a 4-4. Four, four. Can't be countered. Uh, can't be targeted spells or abilities your opponent's control. Um, it regenerates for a green and one. The thing I like so much about Thrun is... Thrun is beefy enough that if you do have like a Fauna Shaman or you have the kind of thing that can get into your hand, playing against those blue decks that think that they're going to sit there and they're going to counter every spell you play and they're going to interact with everything you do and you sit there and you sandbag, you sandbag, and then finally you play Thrun with two open and it's just 
the ultimate, 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 you're screwed moment. If you don't have a way to interact with this that I'm not aware of, I'm going to beat you with this card. Like, you have to have enough velocity as a counterspell deck to get around the fact that I now have a 4-4 that you can't kill, and you can't target, and you can't interact with. You have something have to have something big enough to block it. It's just a really good feeling, because playing against blue decks that counter everything you do is so frustrating. Thrun is one of my favorite single cards in all of Magic to have against them. So that's why I love Thrun so much. Thrun is really, really cool. Uh... I don't have a lot more to say that 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 was a good good breakdown. I do remember like when he was first printed, everyone was like super hyped on him, and then he like ended up not. He's seen actually probably more play in modern than he saw in standard by the end of it, um, just yeah. because like he didn't match up to Cobblade and he didn't well, and he didn't match up against Valakut well, and those are like the two decks you actually had to beat for whatever. Like because because the birds could just block it for days, and the sword gave them protection from him. So Eternal Witness is my number three. Um, didn't snap, didn't make my list. Didn't make my list. Mage number three. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is a two one for three. Uh, you may return a target card from your graveyard to your hand when it enters the battlefield. Um, it's just really good. It's one of the most versatile cards ever printed. I keep saying ever printed, but we're talking about favorites of all time, so I think that's fine. Um, it was great in birthing pod lists. It's great when you need to get a specific spell back. I used to play it in like scapeshift lists. There's a really sweet cryptic command rug list that uses this and Snapcaster Mage to just loop cryptic commands forever because you can bounce counter with it once you have seven mana. Um, it's just really cool. It's like it's very unique. Um, I'm surprised there had like part of it, I think the world is just they're never going to print something like it because it's just just good enough where it's that powerful. Um, but I, I, this card's really great. Eternal Witness. It's always been great. It's always been great. It's really good with Blink. It's like a really good Blink target. Um, It being just a 2-1 and costing 3 is exactly the right profile as well. It's not not aggressive at all. It's too expensive to be like a cheap card. It's a total grindy card. It always has been a grindy card. A Sorcery Speed 2-1 for 3 is the definition of a grindy card because you have to have a lot of mana to get a card back and play that card the same turn. Um... It, the fact that it gets back lands is really essential, but yeah, it's just a great card. It's exactly costed correctly. It's 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 in the running for best green creature ever printed. Um, my next card on Don't the list is like going the hermit druid exists. <laughs> yeah, it's like that in prime time. That's like the three probably. Um, my next card on the list is scavenging ooze. Um, scavenging ooze, uh, green one. This was really printed in a commander product. It's a two two ooze for one green. You may exile target card from a graveyard if it's a creature card. Gain one life and put a counter on scavenging ooze right so uh, if it's a non-creature that doesn't happen so i've played a million scavenging oozes uh i love this card it's it's over the years gotten better and better it feels like i feel like when it was first printed it was very good and i feel like now it's like a staple in every format that it's legal because there are so many graveyard decks there are so many graveyard strategies there are so many things that rely so heavily the fact that for a green eye i can gain a life exile your thing and make my ooze bigger is just such a just a haymaker of a card, and, like, and it does like multiple things, right? It, it gains you life. It hates cards, so it, like those are two axes that are good, and it creates a threat. And if you're if you don't care about your life total, and you don't really care about what cards are in your opponent's graveyard, it's still going to be a really good beater. Like at, at worst case scenario, it can very quickly become a four four for two. That over two. It's turns literally the reason suffer the past is on my blacklist. It's the creature version of what that's doing. It's, yeah. it's all the same things. It's gaining um, life, them losing life. Exiling cards from a graveyard, instant speed. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, my green card, the next one, is Vengevine. For a long time, maybe my <laughs> favorite card ever printed. Uh, it's the beginning of my love with getting stuff into my graveyard. First standard deck that I ever like did well with in a tournament. Um, 
was Dredgevine, where it was you were playing Vengevine and the clone and that like when the creatures enter the play becomes that and you would just like kill them with hedging crabs in those, which was really cool. Um I just it's like one of the best creatures that you can have in your graveyard that you can bring back for free like like uh, it, it, there are better ones now like art like phoenix is a probably a better card but vengevine is still beefy and, and and relies on a different access that is still good right like hedrick hasn't gone banned like hogak like it, there's still every once in a while there's a moment where it's like hogak. too good and then it dies like hogak happened vengevine became modern staple uh you got um when uh, uh faithless one not uh faithless one uh, hollow hollow one. one when hollow one was printed vengevine became a powerful thing again so there's always going to be things that make it powerful honestly i think the new zombie birthing pod that was printed is another card that makes me look at vengevine again because great zombies really like vengevine even though it's not a zombie because grave crawler does so many cool things with it so so i'm i'm super hyped by this card at all times and whenever there's a possible ability to play a deck that it's good in, i'm, I'm gonna jump at it I mean, it's a classic. It's a, this is this is like this is my grand architect uh, in right, terms of right, you know right. why how it how it comes up right. It's I I have to mention it. It's crazy not to mention it. Um, my last two cards, one of which I'm almost positive will make your list. Um, my last card, second eh, sec, yeah, my second last card is Life from the Loom. One green, one colorless sorcery. Return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand. It has dredge three, which means you can replace your draw step by milling three cards and putting this back into your hand from your graveyard. Didn't used to love this card as much. One of my favorite magic cards now. It does so many cool things. It's one of the most unique abilities to draw cards that exist in magic. If I recall, you got me a place of these last Christmas, I think. As I think a gift. I did. I did. I think you, that is definitely true. I think it was last Christmas that you got those for me. Um, and I have played them in many a deck. Uh, I love this card. I think it was two Christmas. I think last Christmas I got you a secret layer. Oh, that sounds correct. Yes, that sounds correct. It was probably two Christmases ago. Um, I I love this card. It's such a fun card. Refilling your hand when you have things to discard, retrace spells. I mean, it's just one of the best dredge cards there is. It's it, I, I mean, I'll let you talk about it because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming this is your number two or number one. Uh, Venge Rhyme was my number two. This is my number one. <laughs> this is your number one. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Life might be my favorite card ever printed. I like love this card. Uh, two mana, get lands back it's like value engine that mills me on purpose and rewards me for discarding cards and lets me play land strategies. It's what I want. It's like what I want to be doing in magic all on one card. And it like, it's also the most useful version of this, right? Like dredge cards don't do anything for the most part. It's like a flying one, two. I joke like, you know, a uh, uh, sneak weed is the best blocker in magic. Yeah. But yeah. Like, yeah. like uh, 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 Golgari thug is like an actual, net negative golgari grave troll is banned everywhere <laughs> uh but also just like a five minute threat loam lets you keep going loam lets you buy back lands to trigger your uh uh your um hedging crabs loam lets you grab three cards to start discarding liliana to loam lets you grab uh cycling cards that you can then use to trigger more dredge effects loam like like the just all the different things it does there's so many engines that are built around that just like it's always good or one of the problems dredge decks have classically is you stop drawing cards right like dredging is replacing your hand and so you're not going to draw lands ever again but loam is the one piece that lets you do that loam lets you on a turn instead of dredging five with stinkweed imp you dredge three but then on your turn, because you're not going to cast anything in Dredge, you're just going to bring stuff for free. You can use that to get lands to start building your mana base up. So, like, it's such an important piece. It does so many cool things. Um, and th- that doesn't even get into the world of, like, Assault 
uh, seismic assault yeah. slash slash Alua's influence slash like this like Borborogomos shenanigans. I think one of the things I like so much about this card is it's similar in my opening hand when I see Dark Confidant, where I'm like, I can keep a two lander with this card in my hand because it's going to let me play the game and draw into more lands, like just by its its general nature. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times I've played uh, Loam on turn two with no land with no lands in the graveyard just right. to get it in the graveyard just to get the thing going, you know. I mean, and 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 in in modern for the literally two years now. I mean, half of it was this year. I've been like I've had two loams in my Jun decks. Like, I think, I think like it should be played alongside Ren and six and Jun because it like Ren and six encourages you to start playing with lands that are good with life from the loam and life from the loam is really good with Liliana the veil. Um, and like, that's just itself powerful enough. And they've now printed cycle lands into the format. So it's like, like I've cut bobs and added loams. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, they, and they, feel, they feel a similar place, which yeah. is, which is interesting to compare them. So uh, my last card on my list, I'll oh, go ahead. No, go for it. Last card on my list is Birds of Paradise. Um, I almost didn't put this on the list. You know, I was talking through with you some of the options. I think Primeval Titan could have made the list. Eternal Witness could have made the list for me. There was some fun stuff like Noxious Revival that I thought about putting on here. But ultimately, I think Birds of Paradise, and this is over Noble Hierarch, by the way, which I think actually sees more play in Modern historically. Um, But Birds is just... It's one of the cards that represents magic beautifully in a really great way. It feels like classic magic. And it's one of those cards that was designed perfectly in its day that they continue to find ways to kind of ape it and print cards that that do an impression but they printed this card in standard up until like what was the last time this was in standard like 12 years ago i mean they, they printed this card for over 10 years in the standard like it was it was, no, it was consistent it was, it was in it was in i thought m11 yeah, maybe M11. That sounds right. Okay, so yeah, so less than 10 years ago. Um, it's just over and over and over again, this card would get printed. And it's great. Like, it's one of those cards that when it's in your opening hand, you're usually very happy to see it. Um, it enables a lot of strategies. It's, it's never They've never printed something that is this but better. They've printed things that are similar, but they've never printed a card that just purely outclasses birds. And I think for that reason, when I think about the card from Alpha, uh, you know, in each color, maybe that feels to me like it represents what that color was supposed to be, Feels like Birds of Paradise is probably the green one. I, I agree with that. Maybe maybe our Elf. I mean, el- the Elf would be the other, like a giant growth, possibly. But like, I, I think it's probably Birds of Paradise. That feels like it's the card. Yeah, I think I think I think that like if you were to remove the artifacts from that, Birds of Paradise would be high on my list as the best, like the green. Like, I think we, I, we somewhere I talked is like the 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 Power Nine is the Power Nine because on binder card sheets nine is how many cards fit on a single page that's why it's the power nine that's why time twister is in there right like that's but like so you could go down or if you could go up what would you add and i was like okay what if you just represented each color more 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 thoroughly and what's the green what's the white what's the black and what's the 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 um white and it's like balance demonic tutor birds of paradise and Wheel of Fortune? Like, the Wheel of Fortune is what people kind of picked. I, I personally would say Lightning Bolt is the more representative card. card. Obviously, Power 9 is like, they have to also be rare from that set because they yeah. have to be expensive. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, like, love, like, I, I think Birds of Paradise is, like, similar to Lightning Bolt is, like, one of the most perfect magic cards ever created. Yeah, it's iconic and memorable for, for yeah, so... That's my final card, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, counting our five favorite green cards in modern history. We have been trying out a new thing every week doing this. Uh, we, are, we are parsing out the episode into little releases every single day of the week. Though that 
does require a little bit more production. Uh, I mean, the production cost is higher. Right now we're trying it out. We are having to uh, basically edit more videos and, and have our producer do that. And, and in that sense, hire him to do that. So um, your support in, in allowing us to do that is instrumental. If you guys like what we're doing and you want to continue to see it, please go to patreon.com slash the MMcast. Become a patron today. It means a lot to us. Um, but otherwise, thank you guys so much for watching the show and, and watching this week. And happy holidays. We hope you enjoyed this Merry series. Christmas. This was a fun return. You know, big uh We'll countdown for us. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, make sure also Mondays, 7.30 p.m. We do a, a live stream on Twitch and and on the YouTube channel. It's going to be doing really well. A lot of people came out. We have some awesome guests. And we look forward to seeing you. Uh, I'm Alex Kessler. That's Ben Bateman. And we are the MMCast. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.